She was this gun-toting, whiskey-drinking broad. The super epic fucking broad. She was a pioneer in the industry. She's also so famous and so controversial. So controversial. So she's kind of a big fucking deal. Her story is so incredible. She belongs on this podcast because she's a broad you should know. Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women from history. I am your host, Sarah Gorski. I am here today with a special New Year's episode with probably the best person to be wrapping the year up with, my mom, Barb Gorski. Barbara, Reverend Barbara Gorski. Mom, what should the audience know about you? Well, first, I I just want to say it's really such deep joy to be joining you in this and being part of this amazing project that you've started and continue to do and the women that you've lifted up all these times, women that people don't even know about. So what you should know about me is that most of all, I come here just as your mother and as another person walking through life, experiencing the things we do. And yes, I am a minister. And so that's a big part of my life right now. But I also have other careers I had years before that all influenced me, that bring me to this place uh, where I am today to to share in this broadcast with you. So I'm ready to go and and thank you. I'm so excited. And listeners, if you don't follow regularly every week, I'm happy to share with you that my mom does listen to some episodes. She just hasn't listened to all of them, but she has. So she comes here as as a learned listener. Um, So I just want to start kicking off this New Year's episode talking about some of the broads that we lost this year. As with every year, we have a number of people die, and especially during COVID too, we have perhaps more people than even usual. So I just want to talk over, I think, some of the most influential broads that we lost. Um, The first one we actually just covered last week, or two weeks ago actually now, uh, is Bell Hooks. She was only 69, but we lost a, a great modern feminist voice and champion of all people. Uh, I know you read a little bit of her, didn't you, Mom? Didn't you read All About Love? Yes, I did. I read that book. It's a wonderful book. And it's wonderful to think about having her write a book with that topic of love, because that speaks to who she was. You know, mm-hmm. love was kind of central to her. So central. And then you think about that, you think, even though she is not here on earth anymore, that whole idea of love and and her commitment to love, it still lives on. And that's a beautiful thing when you think about her. She was incredible. And she left such a legacy. Such a legacy. Such a writer. Such a profound writer. Yeah. She expressed herself. She just left us with such profound work that we will be reading hopefully till the end of time. We also lost a number of other writers, one of whom I don't think you've read have you read any Anne Rice? Oh, yes. I Did have. you really? I have read some. Anne Rice. <laughs> she really kind of invented the, the kind of modern vampire. Uh, Interview with the Vampire is a classic and a personal favorite of mine. That movie, it's, uh, I just rewatched it the other day and uh, there's nothing quite like it. <laughs> I know you didn't read her. I'm, you were thinking of somebody else? I'm thinking of somebody else. I don't think I did read her. <laughs> I was going to say, there's just no way. No, my mom's not as big a fan of horror audiences as I. Yeah, am. so tell me though, why why did she touch you? What is the what is that piece of horror that that kind of piques an interest in you, Sarah? I don't. Well, I can't explain that. I don't know. I'll keep working on that in therapy. But uh, <laughs> but Anne Rice really kind of was the the kind of the queen of of what we think of now today as modern vampires. You know, we see vampires in lots of movies, and she really I feel like kind of birthed the renewal of them as 
a monster in kind of this century. So, you know, the, the legend of vampires, there's been legends of vampires for centuries and centuries and centuries. Sure. Going back to some of the oldest lore that we have, she was just the queen. And she she wrote prolific she wrote huge long books you know she was a she was a great writer so um, she died she was eighty years old so we lost her we also lost Joan Didion did you read me Joan Didion she wrote uh, the White Album and the Year of Magical Thinking um, I personally actually haven't read much of her but a few of my friends uh, are deep readers of her and were very um, profoundly impacted by her she was eighty seven this author I think you'll remember we also lost this year Beverly Cleary. Do you remember? Yes, I remember her book. From our kids' books, Ramona yep. Quimby. Ramona Quimby, age eight, was one of my great young influences. Yes. So yes. so precocious, so adventurous. She was, I just loved reading her when I was a kid. Yeah, and I think she was, you know what, she she wrote at a time when, when there started to be authors who really were attentive to young readers yeah. in a way that they really could influence them. And, you know, she, she, you know, she was kind of groundbreaking in that, I think. Yeah, and her books sold over 85 million copies wow and has been translated into 29 different languages and she was 104 wow Isn't that amazing life. amazing did she continue to write all the way through her life do you know anything about that you know i don't actually know i didn't pull that up in my my kind of low level research i did but um absolutely incredible 104 mm-hmm. not many people can can get past that uh, mm-hmm. centennial so mm-hmm. We also lost a number of actors, some of which I know we love together. So the first uh, actress we lost this year was Olympia Dukakis. Oh, yes. Do you remember her? Oh, yeah, strong woman. Well, she won an Oscar for her role in Moonstruck, which is one of our family favorites. Absolutely. We love that movie. Yeah, she was just incredible. Oh, yes. We also lost Jessica Walter. Now, I don't know if she's as familiar to you because I don't know if you watched Arrested Development. or And I don't, I'm pretty sure you haven't seen Archer. <laughs> But she was just hysterical. She was an amazing comedic talent and talent in general. Very sad to lose her this year. We also lost Cicely Tyson. Is that a familiar name to you? Yes. She was a multi-award winner across all of the platforms. She she won Oscars and Emmys and Tony. She was the I think the oldest Tony winner I think at the uh, at the age of eighty eight. Oh my gosh! In twenty thirteen, she won uh, a Tony for her role in The Trip to Bountiful. She also had a Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2016. Wow. Uh, Talented, talented. Incredibly talented. She also was really known for her activism. Audience, if you don't know who Cicely Tyson is, she's this gorgeous black actress. And she would not take on roles unless she felt like they contributed to the National Dialogue on Civil Rights. I didn't know that. So she's very particular about the kinds of roles that she picked. She was in, uh, I'll list off a couple of things. She was in Heart is a Lonely Hunter, Fried Green Tomatoes, The Help, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Um, she won an Emmy for Oldest Living Confederate Widow Tells All. Uh, she also was in, she got an Oscar for her role in the, the movie Sounder. And she also was in the TV series Roots. Admittedly, I haven't, I haven't watched it yet, but I feel like everyone I know watched Roots except for us. <laughs> um, but she just was prolific and she was 96 so we did lose her so we're sad sad to say goodbye to her we also lost cloris leachman oh cloris leachman if you remember was on the mary tyler moore show she played their neighbor phyllis uh and then she was in young frankenstein and all these other comedic she was just a comedic genius she was she was quick on her feet you know 
that comedy. And she acted a long time. She was on film and television for like seven decades. Isn't that amazing she to had think a, about that? Yeah. She How acted, many years? She acted a very long time. Wow. She was 94. Wow. 94. When you were young, did you watch the Indy Griffith show? Oh, yeah. Too? Well, we just lost Betty Lynn also. <sighs> so she played Barney Fife's sweetheart, Thelma Lou. That yeah. was Betty Lynn. Yeah. She was 95 years old. So she yeah. died this year, too. Now, did she do a lot after the that show? Did she do acting through her life, or was it mostly just... That was definitely her biggest thing. She was in a lot of movies in the 1940s and 50s. She was in Cheaper by the Dozen. She also was a stage actress even before that. But the Andy Griffith show was kind of her big, definitely her big mark. And it looks like she didn't do much else that was that was big enough to be kind of noted in, in you know the, the cursory research that I did. So it looks like she didn't act much, but I'm sure she was set up, right? Yeah. <laughs> Shows yeah. that have such great I runs. I mean, that was a great show for long, how many, for many years, you know. Moving into music, we lost Mary Wilson, who was the longest reigning original member of the Supremes. Oh my gosh. She was 76. Wow. A few other broads we lost. We also lost a number of other artists. Uh, Lena Wertmuller, who was a big figure in Italian film, Italian cinema. And she was the first woman to be nominated for Academy Award for Best Director. Uh, and she was 93. We also lost Elsa Peretti, who was one of the big designers for Tiffany & Co. Yeah. Tiffany Jewelry, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she was responsible basically from the beginning of the company. She, 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 wow. she, quote, inspired generations with her collections of organic, sensual forms. Wow. We also lost a few of our famous activists. So uh, we lost Gloria Richardson. Is that a familiar name to you? There is this picture, and I'm actually going to pull it up for you. Very famous picture uh, of her pushing back the bayonet of a soldier during the civil rights marches. Wow. And we'll put this on the website, audience, so you can take a look at it, too. I just think what kind of courage that took. Amazing courage. Right. And she's got this look in her eye, like, yeah. don't, don't mess, mess with me. With yeah, me. I was thinking don't that. Don't mess with me. I was thinking, don't you dare, is what she's saying, right? Yeah. That's a pretty. Absolutely incredible. She uh, was most well-known for that image, uh, for protesting racial inequality, um, but she was an activist for generations. According to one of her biographers, she was, quote, the first woman to lead a prolonged grassroots civil rights movement outside the Deep South. Um, So she was one of the the leaders of the movement. I just want to say, what does it take for somebody to have that kind of courage? I mean, it it almost takes your breath away to think about that. It does. Absolutely, it does. I mean, groundbreaking. In the face of these soldiers, in this picture even, just in this picture, even though obviously her whole career she she faced that. We also lost sister sister Megan Rice. And maybe you can relate to her a little on this level. She was a nun, and she spent two years in federal prison for breaking into a nuclear weapons facility. Oh, yeah. And protesting her, she broke in with two other people. Uh, they cut through the fences and they spent two hours outside a bunker that stored a bunch of bomb grade uranium. And they hung banners and prayed and they hammered out on the outside of the bunker and they spray painted peace slogans. Uh, and they were arrested and charged with felony sabotage. And she was sentenced to three years in prison. Uh, they were later resentenced. They ended up serving about two years. But she came into activism very late in her life. I think she was like 70 years old when she actually started her activism. Oh, yeah. That tells you something. You're never too old to start being committed to your cause. Yeah. Yeah. And during her trial, there's a quote from her where she said, quote, I had to do it. 
My guilt is that I waited 70 years to be able to speak what I knew in my conscience. She's <sighs> missed. I'll tell you that. Uh, we do, I do have an athlete on the list. I try to spread it out. It becomes a lot of artists and celebrities, but we also have, uh, Diane Durham, who she was the first black gymnast to win a USA Gymnastics National Championship. She was only 52 though. Um, they didn't list her cause of death. That's pretty young. That's pretty young. Yeah. Especially for someone that was an athlete. Um, and then we also finally lost the widow of Fred Rogers, Joanne Rogers. Did we? Yeah. That was Fred, Fred Rogers' wife. She was on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood with him. Yeah, they were a team. That's really neat that you mentioned her. So those are the, those are the broads that I put together for this little episode. Uh, Obviously we lost many more than that. What a year and what lifetimes to celebrate the, the amazing lives of these women. Yeah. And you know how good it is just to hold them up and just kind of honor their legacy as we close this year and, and how they've each touched our lives in different ways and what they've left behind for us now. It's yeah, it just is uh, humbling really. Yeah. So I also want to talk a little bit about who the top searched and listened to broads of this podcast were this year, because it seems to change every year. It's very exciting to see what people are drawn to. Uh, I'll go from the bottom to the top. So the, the number 10 in broads that were listened to is Sophie Scholl. Is that name familiar to you? She was an anti-Nazi activist during World War II, and her and her brother co-founded the White Rose, which was a newspaper, an anti-Nazi <sighs> newspaper. And she was arrested for treason and executed at 22. Oh, my gosh. But she was a firecracker, and her writing was was absolutely incredible. You may have heard some of her quotes before because she wrote, they wrote quite a bit, even in her short lifetime. Um, But one of my favorite quotes of hers is, the real damage is done by those millions who want to survive. The honest men who just want to be left in peace. Those who don't want their little lives disturbed by anything bigger than themselves. Those with no sides and no causes. Those who won't take measures of their own strength for fear of antagonizing their own weakness. Those who don't like to make waves or enemies. Those for whom freedom, honor, truth, and principles are only literature. Those who live small, mate small, die small. It's the reductionist approach to life. If you keep it small, you'll keep it under control. If you don't make any noise, the bogeyman won't find you. But it's all an illusion because they die too. Those people who roll up their spirits into tiny little balls so as to be safe. Safe? From what? Life is always on the edge of death. Narrow streets lead to the same place as wide avenues, and a little candle burns itself out, just like a flaming torch does. I choose my own way to burn. Oh my gosh, that's so powerful. Think about her age when she wrote that. Yeah, 19 or 20 when she wrote that. Man. Incredible. Inspiration. Uh, So that was Sophie Scholl. She was number 10. Number eight, or number nine, um, and nine is Half Hanged Mary. Did you listen to that episode? I did. I did. I did listen to that one. I love that one. That was with Caitlin Parrish brought her yeah. in. She was fantastic. Uh, she was uh, abroad from uh, the time before the Salem witch trials. And she was accused twice of witchcraft and was hung for it. But she survived oh the hanging all night freezing. And when they cut her down the next day, she her blood circulation returned and she was still alive. That is such an incredible story. I'm so glad I listened to that one. Why, what did you think about that when you listened to that one? Well, you know, it's something in my mind. I kept thinking, you know, people try to 
kill other people. And sometimes people are just survivors and it can't happen. It's no matter what you did. And she, she like had all these people that were hating her and thinking her, she was this evil thing. And, and, and she survived, yeah. you know? And really we all know she probably was just like an old lady and people wanted their land or, or, you know, she was not, <laughs> we all know that witchcraft was invented, you know, for political gain or, or otherwise. Oh, absolutely. So, um, um, okay, number eight, Grace O'Malley. Tell me more. She was the Irish pirate queen. Sweet. She was a fierce and ferocious pirate, absolutely hated by the British. She just <laughs> destroyed and stole from them profusely. But my favorite little pieces of her story were, first, first of all, she was in her birthing bed giving birth to a child, and she finishes giving birth and she, at the same time, was being attacked. Her ship was being attacked by other ships. And she gets up out of her birthing bed and goes on to deck to fight. <laughs> and my second favorite um, story from her was that uh, at one point, her husband was out raiding with his own ship. And uh, she changed the locks on the castle while he was gone. And he couldn't get back in. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she had her own mind, didn't she? Oh, Yeah. Uh, okay, number seven is, um, I think, an audience favorite uh, in general, Julie Daubigny. She was a French bisexual dualist opera singer. My favorite story from her, which will make you laugh, is uh, she was in love with this young woman, and her parents, were, the young woman's parents were very upset, and they sent her to a nunnery. <laughs> and so Julie went to the nunnery and took her vows at the same nunnery that the girl was at. So she could be with her. So she could be with her. And then an old nun died of natural causes. And they stole her corpse. And they put it in the girl's room. And they lit it on fire. So that they could escape and abscond in the countryside. <laughs> for, for months and months. They burned the nunnery down. Oh my gosh. She was actually... Uh, she had a lot of great stories. She actually picked a lot of fights, too, with guys. And she would show up at, at big, fancy parties. Uh, and she would be acting kind of like the guys. And she kissed a woman on the mouth at a big ball. But she was kind shock. of... It was shock. very shocking. Yeah. People were shocked and very upset at all yeah. the behavior. She was sentenced to death twice. And both times, the king let her off the hook. Because <laughs> he kind of liked her. This Louis Fourteenth, I think it was. <laughs> I can understand that. A little bit of a character there. What a character. Absolutely amazing. Okay, number six is Shannon Faulkner. Is that a familiar name to you? That's a newer, that's in the last, that, that's okay. That's most of our listeners haven't heard of these women either. Uh, that was one of Chloe's episodes. And she is actually, she applied to attend an all men's school, the Citadel. It was like ah. a military school in, I think it was South Carolina. And her guidance counselor uh, she asked her guidance counselor to apply on her behalf, and they basically just kind of omitted the pronouns in all of her application materials. So they didn't say, like, she, her. They just kind of said the the name Shannon, because sometimes Shannon is a men's name, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she was accepted, but when they found out she was a woman, they rescinded her acceptance. And so they hired a lawyer uh, because it, it was the school was partially funded by state taxpayer money, and they said that that is not... Uh, schools cannot discriminate, and they won, and she was she was allowed in. Can you imagine being the only female of a, of a 
program like that. that I mean, that that is another person that took a lot of courage to do that. I know. And it was tough for her. She didn't end up lasting. She didn't end up graduating because it was a tough I'm sure they made experience. it tough on her. It's tough in general. That first week they put you through all these like military yeah. drills and all that stuff. But she still kind of paved the way from a from a legal perspective for yes. for equality. Yeah, she opened the door for other women. That's what's so amazing. The people that come after, right? Yeah, and that wasn't that long ago. I think that was in the the nineties. Yeah, it was, probably or the two thousands even. Okay, next on the list, number five is Nakano Takeko, and she was she's a Japanese woman, and she was one of the last samurai. She was adopted by a master swordsman at a very early age, and she trained as a samurai. And then civil war broke out in Japan in the time period, and her village was attacked with guns and other modern weapons that, that um, the opposition of the samurai basically had all this modern, like, Western technology, and the samurai were all old school, right? Right, right. And she brought together this group of samurai women to fight to the very end of that battle. Uh, and, it, and she went, at the end, she kind of went out. Um, they, she had, like, this group of women. They didn't want the women to fight, first of all, but she had gathered this group of women and trained them to fight. And then, and they were, they were like, please, please, please let us go out and defend our castle. Yeah. And finally they said, well, whatever, what, whatever can these women do? And then they went out and they kicked ass. No way. They still lost the fight in general, but they held them off for a long time. Oh man, that's an amazing. amazing so that's a great episode, everybody. Yeah. Check out Nakano Takeko. Uh, we also have Lucille Bogan was number four. She was one of the very first blues singers to have uh, a recording made of her music. And she also was the founder of what's known as Dirty Blues, which is like very sexually explicit music. So very scandalous at the time period, but definitely groundbreaking. That was uh, Jupiter Stone's episode. That was a great episode. Number three uh, is Olga Akiev. Did you listen to that episode? Uh, Tell me more. I might have. You watched Game of Thrones, didn't you? Yes. Yes. Her story inspired George R.R. Martin to write Cersei Lannister. Oh. But her story is also kind of similar to Daenerys's in mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. But this was way back when, before Russia was Russia, when it was the Rus. And this neighboring tribe killed her husband. They didn't want to pay their taxes, so they killed her, her husband, the king. Ugh. And she wreaked a horrific revenge on them. They, they, she did a number of things. She buried their priests alive. And she oh slaughtered. God. She, like went and pretended to be there to to for her husband's funeral and then she ended up like in the middle of the night her her team like woke up and killed a bunch of people and it was like amazing and then she ended by tying uh kerosene soaked cloth to birds feet she had asked them all to give her birds they're like She's like, I'll accept your surrender if you give us your birds. And they're like, okay, sure, we'll give you your, our birds. So she took the birds, she tied this cloth to their feet, oh and then let them go, and they all flew back home with the cloth on fire, and it burned the entire city to the ground. You know, she was pretty smart, brilliant, actually. Epic. Epic. And she also was um, the woman who brought Christianity to, to Russia. Oh, wow. I didn't she, know that. I should have known that. She converted Russia to Christianity, basically. Wow. Or she was kind of the first one who planted the seeds. So she was, she is the patron saint of widows and converts in oh. the Russian Orthodox Church. <laughs> but her story's epic. I like and it. And incredible. I like it. Okay, we also have number two, who is Pine Leaf Woman Chief. Have you ever heard of her? No. She was an incredible chief, um, an indigenous chief of the Crow Nation, 
she was originally part of the Gros Ventris tribe, but around uh, about age 10, she was taken prisoner by a, a raiding party from the Crows, and she was adopted by a Crow warrior and raised as a warrior. During one of their particularly bad attacks, the, the Blackfoot raided them, and she was able to fight back. Like she, she In this epic battle, she kind of protected the whole tribe, and she ended up getting her own lodge. She was chief of her own lodge. Uh, she led the way in peace negotiations between other tribes later, and she was also widely known uh, as a two-spirit. Is that a term familiar for you? No, tell me more about what that is. Well, two-spirit is what, it's rough, very roughly equivalent to non, non-gendered or, ah. or multi, like, she, you know, not quite masculine, not quite feminine. Gotcha. Because um, indigenous tribes had many, many, many genders. It was not just male and female. <laughs> So she was she was known for that. And number one, I think you've heard of this one, uh, was Frida Kahlo. Did you see that movie about her with Penelope Cruz? I think I did see but it. She's a very, very famous painter. But she suffered through many, many physical issues in her whole life. She was in a terrible bus accident and a pole like went right through her um, her hip. Ooh. And like shattered some bones and her back was never quite right. And she spent lots of her time bedridden uh-huh. and she, but she was a painter. So she is, she's very, very, very well known for her self portraits, which was a lot of her work was self portraiture, but she also was a communist, uh, like a leader in the, in the communist revolutionary party in Mexico. She was a Mex. I should have said right away. She was a Mexican painter. Oh yeah. A mestizo. She was mestizo. Uh, her her mother, I think, was uh, indigenous Mexican, if I remember correctly. But anyway, she was uh, did absolutely incredible work. So those were the top searches on the website. Wait, I'm just thinking, what an amazing year year you had. If you think about these top ten, yeah, think about all the women that have been lifted up, all the different gifts they have, all the different you know ways that they touched the yeah. world and left their mark. I'm pretty impressed with that. I am too. We also have, there were some different tops for the people who listened versus the people who searched on the website. Cause uh, you know, on the website we have all the women listed so people can find them if they're Googling, we have pictures gotcha. and clips and quotes and things up. Um, so for the top downloads, some of the people are the same, but some of them are a little different. So I'm going to list those off too. Uh, so number 10 is Polly Murray. Do you know that name? Yeah, I think so. She also was an an activist, a civil rights activist. And she actually rode the bus before Rosa Parks. They just released a movie about her, actually. My name is Polly Murray. Um, And she was just this incredible activist. I actually think she also was a priest. This was Jupiter Stone's episode. She did a great job uh, on that episode on Polly Murray. We also have Lucille Bogan again, who she was on the website. We also have Half Hanged Mary. She was number eight. Yeah, yeah. We also have, uh, for number seven, Dowager Empress Shishi from China. She was an absolutely amazing powerhouse of a politician. Wow. So okay, when, her, when her son died, the, the next emperor was still like a baby and she was his dowager. And she was able to kind of wield the power. And she actually led China into this amazing technological era, this like modern technology, modern industry era in a way that kind of hadn't been done before. Her story is epic. And she was our very first broad. Sam did her way back in our very first episode. Wow. We've got to hold that high regards. So for downloads for number seven for the year, that's pretty darn good. For number six, we have Shakuntala Devi. 
She is the human computer. She's an Indian woman. And she was able to calculate insane, insane equations in her head very quickly. One time she went on a game show and they asked her the question and she answered and they said, oh, I'm sorry, that's wrong. And she said, oh, oh, no, that's not right. You're wrong. And they double checked and she was right. Oh, no, really? That's, that's <laughs> hilarious. And she also wrote the first um, book about homosexuality that had been published in India. She wow. was kind of um, on the forefront of that. She herself wasn't, but her husband, who I think then became her ex-husband, he had come out as gay while they were married. Mm. And so she kind of was a thought leader in India about She was it. sensitive to that topic, you know? Yeah, she was great. Next we have, um, for number five, one of my personal favorites, Cher Height. Tell me more. If you keep telling me stuff, then I remember them. Uh, <laughs> that's how my brain works, too. Um, Cher Height published um, the Height Report in the 70s. Oh, yeah. And she took all these surveys of all these women uh, about sexuality and sexual pleasure. And what she published in her report was that women do not need penetration to achieve orgasm, which really made all the men in America very angry. <laughs> People hated her. She ended up having to move to Germany. She was too disrespected and disliked here that her life was made miserable. But she really kind of was this forefront voice about women not needing men for sexual satisfaction yeah. and like I know it's weird to talk about sex with you right on a podcast <laughs> it's not that weird <laughs> but um I know well I'm trying not I'm trying not to feel weird about it <laughs> <laughs> it's not that weird but she uh you know talking about how our ideas of pleasure are based on the man's experience and of not course. the woman's and yes. so that's what her report really brought to light um, and was really a game changer and it really empowered women who had felt like oh why am i just not why why do i just not like sex and mm -hmm. why is sex so awful for me it's like oh because it's not a shared experience for for mutual pleasure it's for the man's pleasure so it really kind of I think open the doorway for women to to think about their own sexuality and in, in that way and to express their needs and their desires, right? Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, it was huge. It was absolutely huge. Okay, next we have Queen Ranavalana the second. Wow. So she was a queen of Madagascar, uh, and we did three episodes on Ranavalana because there was Ranavalana the first who was the bloodiest, one of the bloodiest queens in the history of the world. Mm. Then we have Ranavalana the second and then Ranavalana the third. And she, the third was the last queen of Madagascar before it was kind of officially taken over by the French. But Ranavalana the second brought Christianity to Madagascar. I had known nothing about Madagascar before we did that episode. And, uh, and that was another one of Jupiter's episodes. It was a great episode. Give it a listen. If you don't know, if you like me know nothing about Madagascar, the history and colonization of Madagascar is very, very interesting. Uh, okay, next, number three, we have Pele. She is the Hawaiian goddess of fire. Ooh. I think that was Jupiter's first episode on this podcast. Pele is an amazing, amazing goddess and potentially even a real person, but we don't have a lot of written history because Hawaiian history is mostly oral mm -hmm. uh, and it's not, it's not well-documented. It's starting to be more well-documented, mm -hmm. but um, it's not super well-documented, so... Jupiter herself had grown up in Hawaii and hearing about Pele. And so that was a... Wow, that's how they keep their history, by the stories they tell to one another. Mm -hmm. Right? Passed from generation to generation. Um, number two, I know you've heard of this one, Britney Spears. Oh, yeah. 
Yep, finally. Finally, Britney Spears. Of course, she's a very popular of one course. that was listened to. But did you follow the news about her this year and all that she's been through? Yes, I actually So have. she was trapped in this conservatorship. Um, she had been declared mentally incompetent. Yeah. And she was stuck in this conservatorship where her whole life was being controlled. And since we aired that episode, she has been released from her conservatorship. I thought she, it was her father, wasn't it? Yeah, Jamie, her dad. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm hoping it creates some change in the way that conservatorships are handled in the courts. Yeah. Because um, it seemed, you know, she was being forced to perform. She was being forced to take drugs. Um, yeah. It's like a very difficult story. And I'm so glad to see her free now. Yeah. She posts on her Instagram now and she, she posts kind of crazy stuff. <laughs> but you know what? I love it because she's free and no one's controlling her. That's her, and what she that's posts. her. So it's just it's her. her voice. It's yeah. her voice out in the world again. Good, good for her. And then number one. For what for downloads of the podcast in 2021 is Audre Lorde. Audre Lorde identified herself as black lesbian mother, warrior, and poet. Oh, wow. And she really brought to light the voice of intersectionality in feminism. She was a huge inspiration for Bell Hooks, actually. Wow, Bell, I didn't know the connection. Yeah, she launched huge political movements and businesses, and she gave a voice to the voiceless. She just was a powerhouse. So, um, yeah, I was really, really glad to see her listed at number one. Yeah, good job on the listeners. They yeah. made some good choices, I think. I think so, too. So, um, that I mean, that wraps up our year. What do you think about all those women? Well, I'm speaking from a minister's voice, but I think we're blessed to have such wonderful, talented, gifted, courageous women that have gone before us, that set the path for us. They teach us even now, right? Aren't they inspirational? They are. Thank you for, for using your podcast to highlight them and to let us hear about them and celebrate who they are. I think that's uh, that's really great. Well, I'm so glad, Mom, you could be here for this very special New Year's episode. It's great to have you, and uh, it's great for our listeners to, to hear from you. Thanks for inviting me. It's been a pleasure being here. Listeners, let me also take this opportunity to thank you for listening here every week and throughout the entire year and since the beginning of the podcast. We couldn't do it without you, and you keep writing in and giving us more suggestions, and we have more and more broads in the queue. It's very exciting. We appreciate you being here with us all this time. If you really love listening and you want to help support Broads You Should Know, then you should continue to share us with all the people you know. It really helps other listeners to find us. Also, when you leave us a review, that helps us too. Are you following us on social Social media yet? If not, you should. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Broads You Should Know and Twitter at BYSK Podcast. To learn more about any of the broads we talked about today, you can go on over to broadsyoushouldknow.com. We have every broad we've ever covered there, including the ladies we talked about today. To read more about my mom, our special guest today, go ahead and click on over to that About page of the website and you can read more about her too. To suggest a broad, fill out the form on our website or email us at broadsyoushouldknow at gmail.com. Broads You Should Know is produced by me, Sarah Gorski, and edited by Chloe Skye with original music by Darren Callahan. Okay, that's it. We'll see you next week for another Broad You Should Know.